It's the best Kiwi event in New Zealand, this. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days. Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one, go! Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another Katmandu Coast to Coast podcast. Of course, brought to you by the wonderful people at Team CP, your endurance coaching specialists. Uh, I'm your host, Angus Petrie. Alongside me, of course, the team captain, the one and only legend of Coast to Coast himself, <laughs> Mr. Richard Greer. Welcome Easy. to another show, Richard. Yeah, good to be back. Looking forward to it. It's uh, coming into Christmas, isn't it? It is coming into Christmas, mate. And we are season four, episode three of our fabulous podcast um, that, uh, you know, supported by the Kathmandu Coast to Coast, designed specifically to help everybody out there get the best out of their journey from the west coast of the South Island all the way across, of course, to the east coast, uh, running, biking, kayaking, bit more biking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple of little runs in there. Maybe too. a couple of little runs in there. But but ideally just to help you get along the way and 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 enjoy what is oh, one of New Zealand's most iconic races, Richard, the Kathmandu Coast to Coast. What an adventure. That's right. And that's the best part of it. It is an adventure and there's lots of people out there adventuring in all sorts of different ways as they build up. So today we're going to talk all things nutrition. So nutrition is in triathlon we talk about the fourth discipline don't we to yeah. make sure that you nail that and and you could be the the you could be the fastest person out there but if you don't fuel your body properly you're not going to be able to finish and and to do what you're capable of so um so it becomes more and more important the longer we go so we're going to talk to registered dietitian conrad goodhue he's going to talk to us about oh, just tips and tricks give you some practical ideas to take away tonight so um and also the key thing is maybe answer any burning questions you may have as well so that's really important tonight and we've got a bit extra to potentially sweeten the deal to help you maybe push those buttons and uh send us a question we certainly do of course as always we love a bit of interaction while we're live here um, so feel free, whatever platform you're watching this on, uh, whether that's on the Team CP Facebook page or you're joining us live tonight from the Coast to Coast uh, Facebook page. Great to be back live on there again. Um, send us a little message. We'll see that come up with a question if you've got one and we'll do our best to answer it. And of course, if you're listening to this post uh, post us being live, uh, get a hold of Team CP, send them a message uh, again over Facebook or however, and don't like Richard said, don't be afraid to ask us a question along the way and we'll we'll answer for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what this, this the whole podcast is all about, upskilling, educating people so we can have a better time and have a bigger smile on our, on our faces as we cross the finish line. And something we always love to do, Richard, is give stuff away, mate. We, we <laughs> love to give other people stuff away. That's right. That's right. So what do we got tonight, Angus, well, speaking of giving stuff away? Well, tonight we are absolutely stoked. Uh, Radix have come on board. They're a great supporter of uh, the Kathmandu Coast to Coast and they've said, hey, team, how about we get some good nutrition out there uh, for people to use? So we've got a Radix prize pack to give away, uh, which is one kg of protein powder uh, or recovery smoothie uh, powder, that. five breakfast meals, five main meals, and would you believe a personalized stainless steel shaker body? Good, bottle. good. Yeah, body. good. good you good. can have a stainless steel body if you want, but <laughs> shaker bottle, shaker bottle. So we're going to give that away Um and Someone during the show by answering a question. And we've also got Kelly Stone jumped in here and said hello. 
well, how good is that? She's I'll, already in the, in the draw. She just hopes nobody else asks the question. That's we right. Got to go. That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, keep listening all the way through to the end of the show. Um, like you said, we've got uh, Conrad on tonight uh, talking to talk some nutrition. That's right. We're also going to have a chat to Sophie Beaumont, who we've been following through for the last kind of almost two years because we missed the start line this, this year about what she's been up to. She's been uh, adventuring over the mountain run, but having a bit of, um, let's say, fun. On in the kayak, so some interesting uh, comments to share with you in regards to some paddling. And Sophie, I believe, is actually out bush at the moment. So, so you've actually done the done the thing and recorded a a little blurb with her yeah, a bit yeah. earlier on. So it'd be great to hear how you got on with that conversation. Well worth a listen. Make sure you hang around. And of course, we'll finish the show off with with whatever last questions are out there and and bits and pieces. So stay tuned all the way through uh, today's great show. Um, again, I've got to thank uh, the Kathmandu Coast to Coast for having Team CP on board uh, and having us a part of their great event because, you know, we're pretty privileged to be a part of all it's this. pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah, so we've got a few notes to share um, from the Glenn and the team at the Coast to Coast. So, uh, first of all, start lists are online. If you want to know who else is turning up and to make sure you keep them honest to make sure they actually make it to start the start line. So that's uh, online already ready to roll. Handbooks are also online. So you should be starting to have a bit of a look at that. They're, they're rewritten every year. So make sure that we will be changes in there. If, you, if you've if you've done this a number of times, make sure you do print that out because your support crew will need that. But a good thing to sort of have a bit of a flick through and make sure you're up to speed with that. Race kit purchasing closes on the 13th of December. That's not very far away. So that means you get delivered in the start of January. So buying your coast to coast uh, promo type gear uh what else have we got we can book uh, online photos gps tracking and your klondike corner dinner um yeah. from the sheffield school that's definitely a winner that uh that's a go-to um for that one that's so a make, good feed that is, it right. is they do a great they job of that great. and their dessert as well it's good and then there's also a 20 percent uh discount thing going on with inter island of ferry as well so you can uh sign that one up now as you're getting organized to come down south as well yep if you're making a ferry booking uh throw the promo code c2c uh, two, three, one into the system there, and uh, follow along. You'll be entitled to a twenty percent discount code. Now that is a that is a twenty percent refund on on arrival and and uh, when boarding, but uh, it's a good deal from Inter Island to get all you North Islanders down here for this great race. Yeah, good stuff. Nice. So, uh, should we crack on? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm uh, nutrition eating. It's something I'm good at doing, Richard. <laughs> I do. You think I'd know a lot about this, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think we'd almost consider ourselves both export bits, wouldn't we? That's why we ride our bikes and go running and stuff. This might be a bit of a case of the old good cop bad cop <laughs> in the eating divisions, though potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't had my bowl of ice cream yet tonight. <laughs> 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 yeah you're declaring the chocolate biscuits I, I haven't been declared until now <laughs> okay right, right so what are you moving along should yep. we get conrad on board yeah that's right so conrad's a registered dietitian uh works with a whole lot of different athletes who um and simply look at looks at educating people to simplify things so we can make the most of your own performance so uh conrad how are you getting on this evening thanks for having me on uh i'm actually just hanging out for my dessert soon as well so don't keep me too what have long you got? What's on the cards? Uh, I think it's just I think it's just a little bit of chocolate tonight getting us through um and hard wedding prep. So she's all go. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> just love it with what we hands on. Are you an Am I? Uh, ooh, depends on what sort of stage of tra- training, I guess, and where I'm at uh, emotionally. <laughs> you go through patches. 
<laughs> it's not a bad answer, actually. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so let's let's kick off, uh, Conrad. So we talk about sport nutrition, and we want to talk about the coast to coast, but it needs to start with getting your general baseline nutrition sorted, don't we? That's that's a key part of it. So before we get too specific and in depth, specifically to the coast to coast, what are some key fundamentals that we need to get right first? Yeah, I think when it comes to uh, like sport and performance nutrition, we kind of lose sight that an athlete is anybody who actually embarks on any sport for a reason. So we kind of got to look at sport performance for everybody, not just uh, for those sort of races or elite nutrition. Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, smashing a whole lot more carbs or anything like that either. Um, it does play a part. But I guess when it comes to fundamentals, it's really just getting your structures and stuff right first and foremost so we can actually make change. Uh, so like you said, I work in a number of different sports and um, and levels of education from high school right through to, um, so, you know, 60-year-old masters athletes. The same principle applies to everybody, which is getting your weeks structured well, and then you can actually fit food and make changes based on the feedback that you're feeling uh, or how your body is responding or also your mind's responding as well. And I think it's really key that we sometimes we lose sight on that we get so caught up with counting calories or eating enough carbs and all the rest of it that we don't actually go, well, nutrition is not just about, you know, eating perfect or getting these numbers right. It's actually about um, how it affects us socially, emotionally, everything else. So um, because especially as Kiwis, um, nutrition is a really big part of our life. But if we look at the actual key things we need to get right, I think it's just pretty pretty straightforward. Ministry of Health guidelines are great. Um, we start off with fruit and veg. You know, uh, for men, it's now uh, six uh, serves of veg a day, two serves of fruit, and females, that's five serves and two. Go on the jump of uh, five have to plus up the ante a day. Have, have, have to up the ante. Mm, I have to find another one. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's late in the day. Yep. <laughs> And the reason for that is not only do we think vitamins and minerals because people go, oh, I'll just replace it with a multivitamin if I don't eat enough. Uh, well, there's two things here. First thing is we absorb it better and utilize it better from, from fruit and vegetables themselves, uh, but also it's the the fiber that comes with that. And we look at the gut microbiome and the amount of sort of gut health talk there is at the moment. Um, number best thing you could do rather than cutting stuff out is actually add stuff in. So if we focus on getting more fruit and veggie intake, your gut will probably actually find it will be a lot better. So hmm. that's a really key one that when I work with my athletes is actually about functioning of their body um, beyond that of sort of calories because that's the fuel. We've also got to keep the engine running effectively. When you think of a car, that's your hmm. oil, that's all your servicing and stuff. And you've got to think of your gut microbiome or your probiotics as your little gut bacteria, um, so to speak, and they're your pit crew. So Good. they're the ones that look Good. after your car and keep them running. Perfect, perfect. No, that's really good. And it's about habits as well and, and uh, making sure you look after yourself there so you're doing, as you say, uh, in, in terms of around recovery and, and fueling before you go at training and things as well, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that's where I think the structure comes into play that you can actually write your week out and figure out, you know, oh, I've got more training this day. I'm going out for a two-hour ride. I need to make sure I have not only my like, sort of three meals plus a snack that I might normally do on a lighter day but also maybe adding in some more that day and actually see that so it's really interesting because i always get my clients to fill out a food diary before they come and see me i ask them you know what did you think of your food diary and responses often i had a really bad week um, with that um, but also it's what they don't see is the fact is on those bigger training days specifically they're actually eating less 
of those main meals. So mm -hmm. that's a really crucial one and how you adapt that. And a big part of that is uh, sleep, how hungry you are, particularly like later after that training. So three, four hours later, or even the next day. So Mondays, if you're really hungry Monday and Tuesday, probably a, a big sign that you're not feeling yourself effectively mm -hmm. over the weekend. And that's often the thing. You're going paddling down the river, it's taking all day, and you're actually just not having lunch at yeah. all, are you? So you actually need to make sure, you're, A, you're doing more exercise and energy output than you normally do, but B, you're completely skipping a meal. Mm -hmm. But I think we do that. Like a... Yeah, we do sure, that often, go. not just in the boat, you know, like on, on the bike or or on the run, the weekend comes and <clears throat> a bit of free time, I suppose, mm -hmm. isn't it? So mm -hmm. sometimes you do get off that off cycle and, and end up on your long run or your long bike that does go through that lunch period that you know you probably should be having lunch plus making up for the other calories mm. that you're burning so mm. probably a, a a lot of people fall in that trap and get calorie deficient over a weekend period just because of that uh getting out of the routine of normal lunch normal mm. yeah and but, on the flip side of that they start restricting during the week because there's other social pressures that come with sort of being a, a certain weight or a certain body type when we're thinking about an athlete and so they start restricting themselves during the week as well so it ends up being a double-edged sword and you throw uh, family, work, lifestyle into the mix. You know, people skip meals like that too. So it's a can easily be a concoction for disaster when it's not actually addressed and and stopped and think right, <laughs> what's going on here? And that's why I think writing it down, being aware, um, should be at the front of mind for any athlete before we even start diving into protein consistency over the day and um, eating those fruit and veggies and the rest of it. Like I said, that planning and prep's really really crucial. Nice, nice. So in your opinion, are there any sort of big mistakes that you see that coast-to-coast -coast athletes tend to make with nutrition across the board? Uh, I guess it's, pro <laughs> it's, it's quite ironic, really. We're sitting here, what, almost or less than three months or pretty close to now um, out. Yeah, so it's, it's really just giving yourself enough time to practice the stuff there's a real art to getting your nutrition right for these sort of races. And mm -hmm. it's not just teaching your body to be able to consume the food. It's also figuring out what you do and don't like. It's also how your um, body does respond to it. Um, and then obviously preventing injury and keeping well during this time and actually enjoying the process. So mm -hmm. um, I think what I do see with a lot of coasts, and I mentioned before is with any athlete, they, they think they need to be lose weight to gain performance. And I think this is a really key one is you, you're in there now focus on performing well, um, and you'll get benefits from that anyway. If you try to lose weight at the same time, it's just going to be, yeah, you, you're going to really struggle. Mm. And often your body is just adapting anyway, as long as you're eating well and you're doing exercise and getting out and about, your body will just adapt to what it is, isn't it? Rather than trying to focus on it specifically. hundred percent. If you eat to fuel both physically and mentally, your body will respond accordingly. And if you, eat well and eat consistently and think how over the week and get all your fruit and veggies in, you're naturally potentially could lean up. And I see this a lot in particular with the endurance space. When we actually start adding in food, they start either losing weight or definitely leaning up. And mm -hmm. not that it's a focus of ours. It's just a nice and a bonus outcome of, of races like this. And this is why we want to do it. Nice. Nice. So, um, a lot of times when we're talking endurance sport, we look at carbohydrates per hour and I think that's really important but but also should we looking be looking at calories per hour and and i guess the thing is with the coast to coast it's such a big variety of people that are doing it and uh, they're going to be out there for different lengths of time so during an event that will take some people up to 20 hours and uh, over over two days or so sort of 16 to 17 hours for the longest day 
do but carbohydrates start to become less important when we're it's kind of staying that's verging on ultra endurance type stuff isn't it really in terms of how long we're actually out there for yes and i think it is and it isn't um and i think this is a really good discussion for us to have um i think the first thing i want to sort of recognize here is it's it's intensity uh versus efficiency here so mm. if we go well our elite coast to coaster uh they will be faster than us but their intensity may still be the same so their energy requirements are still similar we're just out there for longer so mm. when it comes to carbohydrates specifically it is still well documented that carbohydrates are still uh very important now i'm not mm. saying that calories aren't by any means and you're right because you're out there longer you're burning more calories 100 and this is where when we get into longer races like this we would need to move away from carbohydrates only being from those i guess you know sports drinks and gels and, and all sports foods so to speak that yeah, are just really high high sugary type foods high eh, sugary like stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah so when, when, and the the rule of thumb that i use is generally anything over an hour oh sorry four hours is you you need to start incorporating real food into your diet mm-hmm. um and the the beautiful thing about races like this because they're, they're chunked differently um, you can actually incorporate different types of food where it is and you know you get a lot of opportunity to to almost stop and transitions and do that. Um, whereas races like, let's say, the ultra endurance running, so to speak, mm-hmm. or even um, Ironman, you're kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And you can, it just, there's less sort of breaks. You have to create those breaks in those events. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. for the for Coast to Coast, it's also almost done for us, which is quite cool. Yeah, nice, nice. And, yep. and as you say, like that run that might take us six, seven, eight, nine hours or whatever, but we've got a bike ride to do some eating before we even start as well in that so we can actually start that run fueled up and ready to go and and not feeling hungry yeah exactly and i think we'll talk specifically around that when we break each section down to almost thinking ahead and what we call front loading our food and um so this is really um and people often come to me and they go i struggle to eat food when i'm running or when i'm biking or however it may be and obviously there's the gastro feeling of the jiggling when you're on the bike your stomach is higher almost higher than your mouth um there's also in the kayak you know you're squished in you're hunched over there's all these things we need to take into consideration when it comes to gut feeling um number one thing is practice practice Mm -hmm. practice practice with food the more food you practice with the better you're going to get at it so when you have your carbohydrate targets from food naturally you're going to increase your calories anyway so if it just makes it really easy for us to strip back and give us a focus and you focus on carbohydrate intake, which, uh, you know, we're looking at sort of 60 to 90 gram of carbs per hour, regardless of the athlete. Um, but we've actually found an evidence that we can actually get up to 120 grams um, when practiced well also. So that's a, which is quite a lot of carbohydrates when you actually put that in food terms. <laughs> that's huge. Te- yeah. Technique of eating is something that needs practice. And I know what you're saying, you know, it's some people struggle to eat on the bike. One of the reasons people struggle to eat on a bike is exactly like you say, the stomach's higher, but it's actually the position and your head is often tilted up. So it, it, it actually closes off your, your, you know, your, mm-hmm alleyway down there and if you're biking along what you actually need to do is tuck the head in so that almost tuck your head down so that you actually put it back in a natural spot but while you're looking up looking up forward at the road you're actually closing off and and a lot of people struggle to eat because they haven't realized that that's what they've done Mm, that's right and and even drinking like actually turning your head sideways and putting your bottle on the side of your mouth rather than sort of trying to drink straight all those little things make a big difference to that as well so like 
carbohydrates, 60 to 90 grams of carbohydrates, like you could, that's a pretty good guideline. Do you have, do you talk about calories at all as a, as a thing or is it actually, let's just, that's, if it's over four hours, make sure you add some food in, 60 to 90 grams of carbohydrates and then the calories will take care of themselves. Is that sort of what you tend to do or what happens to that? Yep. Pretty much. And I think every, like for a race like this, if we're talking about coast specifically, in the transition can be a good time to kind of reset and go, well, I might have something reasonable, unless you're obviously elite and you're trying to get through like these strategies around how those transitions work. Um, and in particular, the the bike into the, the run, the initial one. So, mm-hmm. you know, that can be quite a fast paced transition. Whereas down the track, you might actually take that opportunity to get something decent on, take a minute. Cause obviously for a lot of people, it's just about completing the race and it is to actually, mm-hmm. you know, be podium or be at least be elite. So we've got to look at, First of all, what is your expectations from the race and what do you want to get out of it? And second, it's, okay, what is effective things that we can use during this? And if you're using um, options like different types of bars, uh, even if you just simple thing like a raspberry roll, you're going to get some protein in that anyway and calories. Mm -hmm. So some people like having um, egg sandwiches. I've seen that, Um, even just boiled eggs for people, but even though there's no carbohydrate in boiled eggs, hence why I go for the sandwich roll. It's easy yep. way. You get your carbohydrates from that and there's a bit of a bonus in there and it's savory. So it's each of their own and what they can handle. But at the end of the day, you get some food in, the rest will take care of itself for sure. And actually fill you up a little bit as well. Because yeah, as you say, like if I just have all that sugary stuff, I just start to get actually hungry. And hey, that could be I get my transition sorted and I'm eating, walking, actually just cruising out rather than running. So I can sort of start moving forward a little bit, but but I'm making sure I get that fuel on board at the same time. A good thing to get your transition people used to as well is is the whole have as a as a transition person have something in your hand have a banana have a bread roll have a whatever in your hand so that when when your athlete's sitting down to put his running shoes on or change his bike shoes or whatever at least you can offer it to them there and then and even if they only eat half the banana or two bites of the sandwich it's something that they didn't have to go looking for themselves mm-hmm. that was presented to them. Nice. Maybe break it off so then you can have the other half yeah. <laughs> rather than biting it off. Um, could you go through, let's let's get specific into each leg of the race because I guess that's one of the key things we want to, as takeaways for people to to try stuff and, and give us some tips from your perspective. So everyone is different, um, but, and, and obviously those that are looking to compete versus actually just complete the thing. Um, let's start off with pre-race. So you've got sort of 60 to 60 minutes to sort of start line start gun going what are some th- options that i could be looking at in that space so um obviously you've got some nerves you've got the time of the day it could be sort of five o'clock six o'clock in the morning um what are your thoughts around what we should be having pre-race oh 60 minutes is not a lot of time because <laughs> if you start thinking about your I race it's good. pre-race snack stuff isn't it mate I've, it's brilliant that you've um you've written that down because i think this is what a lot of athletes come to me with is like oh what do i do before the race you know an hour before and coast is a long race so you can kind of eat up to the race unlike something like a marathon which was straight out the gate um mm. even though coast is pretty pretty out the gate when you start anyway yeah, but yeah, um yeah. It, it actually if you got to rewind right back to what you're doing the week of and i think that's going to actually set you up for what you're going to do in the morning and mm-hmm. in, in particular obviously we try to carb load our training's reduced that's easy um but it's the, what's going on the day before um, and the, and the morning of is really crucial. So a lot of people are traveling on the Friday. I'm oh, sorry, the Thursday for the two day and the Friday for the, for the longest. Um, what are you doing in that day to set you up for the next day? 
a lot of people are so focused on if they got all their gear, if they got everything, where their bikes are, where the kayaks, et cetera, where they're going, caught up in the race itself, they actually completely forget to eat. So that's, I think, it's really crucial you get that day before right because mm-hmm. if you haven't got that right, you're going to start the, the day off um, on the back foot. So that would be my advice. Obviously, how you strategize that, that's completely up to you as the individual. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, electrolytes and stuff are really important during that time as well. Nice. Um, but when it comes to the, the the race itself in terms of on the day or even the morning before, the night before, a lot of people come to me, they go, oh, what should I have the night before? Like pizza, pasta, you know, that sort of thing. I'm like, honestly, you've probably loaded enough for the week of. Have something that you like and you feel comfortable and you sleep really well on. Mm-hmm. So like my personal one is always go, I have chicken thigh, mashed potato uh, and, and some mixed veg. And I actually have my mashed potato and white bread because that's just – fantastic i don't know so hot mashed potato <laughs> hot mashed yeah. potato and bread i can't believe i found somebody else who loves that like i do should be illegal i get frowned countries. upon in my house about that a huge fan so Mate, but that's the thing it. you've got to find what you've got to find what works for you and that's where you practice on those friday nights and the saturday nights of how well you sleep and, and it, that's where it comes into that reflection and what you start to know mm-hmm. um and then in the morning of obviously i'm sort of obviously going down here but it's all stuff that we need to know um morning of like i work on a sort of an hour and a half basis for a race like this ideally you want to be right up to four hours um but again six o'clock start you're not getting up at two that's a bit ridiculous so um we start to think and a lot of people wake up and then they go over shower first they start sort of faffing around like just wake up get something in your mouth whether even it's just an orange juice or it's or it's something to get there early um, and snack on those things early. So stuff that you're not having on the race is things really important. I've seen that before people eat their their race food at the start and so then they get flavor fatigued before they've even started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stuff that you wouldn't take. So like crumpets and stuff are fantastic. Um, like fruit toast and all that sort of carry on. So um, pikelets for those, oh, sorry, pancakes for those that aren't taking pikelets, but I'm more savory person, so I'll have spaghetti on toast. So you kind of figure out what that is, but I think if you can get it in early enough, um, you should be okay. But it's really just, again, practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. And when you've got these races leading into the, the coast day itself, that's a great opportunity to know what your race strategy is for the time before, how much time you've got, and, and give it all crack, and you'll figure out where you're at from there. Because you've got to add some nerves in there as well. Whatever you're doing training, you could even have the right time, but also all of a sudden, oh my gosh, my, there's not so much blood flow going to my digestive system and this is not sitting very well and all of a sudden I don't feel very great. So yeah, practice in that race sort of situation. Yeah, exactly. And also you want to always practice above what your, your intentions are. So if you can practice at 1.5, let's say, and you only get one, beautiful. I'm not saying that's the numbers we're looking for, but actually well, the numbers are one one gram of carbs uh, per kilo body weight to four grams of carbs per body weight is what I normally rule of thumb thumb use. So um, for breakfast or pre-race, for breakfast. Yeah, for so breakfast. for that pre-race, yeah, for one breakfast. To, yeah, one to four kilo. No, that's a very four. that's a pretty big range. Yeah, and and that's it, and that's just pretty much whatever you can get in. Um, so the more can be better, and that's going to make it the race beneficial mm-hmm. as well. But I guess mm-hmm. it's finding out what your sweet spot is and what you can handle with your nerves, all the rest of it. So yeah, okay. And, and I guess that's what comes back to that question I sort of asked. Hey, if your breakfast didn't go very well, you could have a wee snack just beforehand as well, like a banana within that hour of yeah, start line as well, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, banana. And at the end of the day, if you have your fruit toast there, it's not the end of the world. Like, depends on how, again, competitive, uh, compete or complete. Yep. That's really where it's at. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, bananas, uh, again, pikelets, like race food's pretty good. But, again, I want to avoid race food as much as we can because you're probably going to have – a whole lot of it during the next 
one to two days. Nice. Okay, the gun's gone. Juddy's just uh, blowing the hooter. We've uh, dashed down the road uh, whatever speed we want to. We've gone on our bike. Uh, what are we thinking in terms of uh, a nutrition strategy? What are some of the things we should be going for in that space? I guess it's the, the excitement of the race has started too, and people also often come out hot. So yep. I think looking for simple and easy. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of reasons for this. Is Well, first of all, a lot of coast-to-coasters are actually from rural communities. How much pack riding do they do? Probably not mm-hmm. a lot. Yep. So the first thing is to actually practice pack riding and how you eat and how you're going to manage that. Mm-hmm. That's really crucial because if you're planning on trying to reach around your back and grab something out, it might not be very difficult. I've had a client that didn't want to take their hands off the handlebars. So we kind of made the little pouch in the front of the bike accessible so they can kind of be a bit of a... Um, a bird almost, or a, or a ostrich. Because, <laughs> the whole way, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, drinking bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah they yeah. literally just didn't want to take their hands off thing because I was petrified of riding in a pack. So yeah. we got to the point that they became a little bit more comfortable. But it's these sort of things we definitely need to consider, um, especially in that first one when you can really, really go guns blazing. And mm. um, obviously, we probably want to be a bit more food focus there but just understand that the intensity is probably going to be a bit higher than, than potentially the rest of the race so mm. um, take that into consideration to, to your strategy nice. yeah so I'd, I'd say camelback is a great option because it means as, as you yep. said like you don't need to have, put your drink bottle away that's often what happens is drink bottles get uh, lost so camelback you mean you'll actually drink properly and then the other bit is the old top tube bag that that's just sitting in front of you you don't have to reach around then you can put a, a bunch of broken up bars there and you can just reach in, grab it. You're not sure exactly which one you're going to get and and then um, throw it down and keep, keep rolling. A, a good way to practice getting, you know, and I can't say enough exactly say, you need some bunch riding practice. And mm-hmm. of course, Team CP, we're good at doing that. Wednesday night roadies in Christchurch, a little plug there, Rich. Yeah, well, uh, um, but a good way to practice getting food out of your pocket is don't get food out of pocket. Get your $1,000 iPhone and uh, ride along the road and pull that in and out of your pocket a few times because you know you're going to hang on to that yes. and you know you're going to get that right, right? So uh, there's there's a good way to make sure you get it right. <laughs> hot, hot tip. Don't send me the invoice for uh, your broken phone, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Moving along. Well. <laughs> what, about, what about mountain run? Have you got any tips for the mountain run for us? Uh, yeah, I guess um, hydration is probably a really big part of – of the run here um and obviously there is a ample amount of river crossings and we want to utilize those as much as we can the less we have to carry the better um so mm-hmm. my advice in that space is set yourself up so you've got electrolytes on board that you can actually consume water and i think oh we haven't actually dived into hydration we'll come back to that i think yeah, um, yeah. after this but well i think what i do what i encourage my clients to do is grab a couple of soft flasks have uh the the electrolytes you need in them that you like but also have a spare empty one with the powder ready to go in there um, or if someone likes to take electrolyte pills that is also an alternative option that you can go um, through mm-hmm. as well so um, have that available in the back so when you do do a river crossing open the cap up scoop it up whack it back on that's your strategy but it's really important that you know what your strategy is, is going into and this is where actually structuring your race plan is crucial now <laughs> so you can actually go in and, and practice it when you're actually doing your um, coats pass runs to mm-hmm. know where the creeks are likely to be and, and how effective that strategy is 
is for you. So uh, that is a that's a big one for the run that I work on. But I guess it's also the second thing for the run that I uh, look at. Um, and now this is more particular for the the uh, longest day, purely because you're going into we're kind of setting up for obviously that ride, but then the kayak where minimal food is going to be consumed. So for the two days, you can kind of get away with a bit more gels on the run. Whereas for the longest day, this is probably an area that you really need to practice your food and get that right. So, um, and working out whether you're better eating on the climb or on the descent or whether tactical comes down. I know um, personally when I'm climbing, I eat better um, and eat more real food. Whereas when I'm coming down, I'm horrendous coming downhill. So that's my focus point. I wanted something quick and easy, like a gel, if that was to mm-hmm. fill that gap. So, yeah, that would be sort of my two key things for for the mountain run. Yeah, great. Uh, and gels are awesome, aren't that. they? Because you've got the sugar and salt there. It's basically a concentrated sports drink, plenty of water, and and then away you go as as part of that. Yeah, but but uh, um, food's a great option as well. And then uh, the old Keith Murray trick from back in the day is uh, ginger nuts are still a winner. Uh, throwing that mm-hmm. out there ginger nuts are awesome because they're like rocks and then basically dunk them in the rivers you're going across and uh super easy to eat and and even if you, you don't have to wrap them up towards the back end of the mountain run they're getting a bit smudgy and not so exactly it's still a ginger nut but not really um but but that's awesome and uh, i think they're about 10 grams of carbohydrates and a bit of ginger in there for anti-nausea it's uh, yeah that's that's my tip of the tip of the day in regards to that that's a good tip, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's good. Have we got any ginger nuts here? I love, love a good ginger nut. <laughs> I'm not I sure how to get that go for it. You know. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be, uh, regardless, I'm a, I'm, a, I just, I'm a ginger nut phobia. Like, I couldn't think of any worse person. So I think the same could happen with, uh, what is it called? The, uh, oh, chocolate chip or something like that, you know? Anything right, hard right, biscuit. That's a, yeah, that's a yeah, great yeah. tactic. Of that yep. that's that's new to me i'm definitely going to pass that one on throw that one on there um and uh you talked a little bit about hydration let's just jump into that so i guess how do we figure out how much we need to drink because it's different on different days isn't it and a different on for different people in different environments and then and then also you got like water solely water then you've got electrolytes and then you've got sports drink which is the sugar plus the electrolytes plus the water what are we should we be going for and 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 yeah any thoughts and opinions there yeah, uh, this is this deserves probably a solid half an hour itself. So I'll just uh, yeah. summarize it. Um, to get your understanding of even just sweat rates or what your needs are, uh, is to theoretically just literally just weigh yourself before a training. If this is mm-hmm. all for it, has to be over two hours at least, purely because you sweat more in the first hour. Uh, so weigh yourself before in minimal clothing. Um, know how much your bottles weigh or how much food you've got. Um, do your do your exercise, take note of the time, the temperature, the intensity, etc. Come back, weigh yourself at the end, strip down to next to nothing, towel dry, get as much sweat off you as you can, jump on the scales, figure out what that difference in weight is, then figure out the difference that you consume. So whether that be fluid, food, um, what that is, add those together, um, and they'll give you your total sweat rate over that exercise and just divide that by the time, and they'll give you your sweat rate per hour. And then they'll give you a fairly good ballpark in terms of what your hydration strategy should be. Um, I sat down with a client today who was 1.2 liters an hour. So, you know, you can imagine what their hydration strategy is going to be like um, versus another person. So yep. it's, a, it's a real tactical thing in terms of balancing out uh, both fluid in versus not needing to go to the toilet um, and, and that sort of thing. So that will determine sort of how much volume of fluid you need to take in as well as potentially food, which can come under weight as well. Um, mm-hmm. but it's really good to prep, like to test that four or five times because there could be something wrong with that one. It could be just a day that you're more sweaty or more hydrated or sweaty more. Who knows? 
Okay, so it's really important that we, we do it a few times so we get a ballpark number for us to work on. Um, the the next thing is... Want to get that? Yeah, well, it's actually about a yeah. kayak trip, uh, potentially, <laughs> on Friday. So should I? Should I? <laughs> should I? Should. I think your um, mind's turned off now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another question that's popped up here from Craig Russell on those same lines is how much sodium should we consume? Like, is there some guidelines around, <laughs> is, it, is it more is better? Like, where are we at with that? Yeah, so I think for our society, we're growing up and what we got taught in university was less sodium is better. So we think, oh, you know, sodium's bad for us. Well, actually, they've removed the upper limit of sodium now in terms of the recommendations, and it's highly variable to the to the individual. So like how much sodium you need, you can do the sweat patch testing, but even we don't use that in professional sport anymore because, there, right. again, there's so much variety and 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 variance within that um, and it doesn't really give us a lot of value to what how we actually prescribe so um, we want to use electrolytes absolutely and i think it's for a race like coast to coast you should be using electrolytes um, and we'll talk about different kinds soon so if you're someone that not only has a high sweat rate but also if you run with a cap and it turns white if you lick your lips and, it, and they're quite salty you're probably a heavier salt um, salt sweater um, and that could be due to either you're just heavy salt sweater or also you have potentially a high sodium intake too so it's that sort of chicken and egg situation that we don't know of so uh but bottom line is when it comes to the what fluid we should consume uh i guess it's it's having variety is key so having water but i guess you probably want to have an electrolyte um as often as possible and i do recommend that like it is pretty hard to overdo the sodium um like it unless you're having heaps and heaps of pills and heaps of tabs and mm. i don't really want to put a number on it because it's so variable but i have had some clients you know the old upper limit we're eating that per hour so if you have let's say um a sports drink every second like every second hour you'd be you'd be fine so in terms mm. of an, or some sort of electrolyte drink mm. so when it comes to the difference between water is just obviously water with nothing in it and electrolyte or what i say anyway electrolyte is without carbohydrates so that is literally just sodium potassium calcium and magnesium um mm. and those come in different forms so if we look um like pure sport nutrition have one um and there's things like noon there is uh science of sport um i think goo have one as well it's like heaps of different types of just those non or musashi as well have mm. a low carb option for you to have and the benefit of a low carb is it's not as sweet so what that does is when you start getting that flavor fatigue you still can actually consume water especially if your sweat rate's high without mm. that feeling of like i'm over this i can't have mm. any more um, mm-hmm. then obviously, the sports drink is basically the electrolytes plus carbohydrates, um, which is what we've used for years. Um, and that's really important for the absorption of fluid itself. And I'm not going to dive into the science, but use that as a strategy to add your carbohydrate intake. And what people often come to me, they go, oh, I don't like the sports drink. It's too sweet. I don't like it. The issue with that is you're actually potentially compromising 20 to 30 grams of carbs per hour that you could possibly be ingesting just by through fluid so that's where the strategy needs to come into place and yeah Mm. it's a really easy way to get those carbs in so um, that's just a a consideration when you are using different types that you don't get caught up with that and obviously you can use electrolyte capsules as well which um, pure sport nutrition do one as well nice nice uh cruising through the race so this sort of we're at a bit of half time stage you're either carrying on or you're stopping to have a bit of a sleep etc which has its own challenges as well in terms of recovering you've beaten yourself up across that mountain run and uh for those two days are having a bit of a rest before they get going again what are some recovery strategies that we should be looking at for race day and also training yeah um hard and fast 
really is is get it in as soon as you can you can get caught up with chatting to people and saying hello and all the rest of it and suddenly it's 45 minutes away um mm. so and again this is probably something i really want, want to make really clear get your crew on board with your plan and almost make you do it so that yep. means so straight away is looking at get uh some sort of whether it's a chocolate based milk or a, or a recovery protein drink that contains both carbo, um, carbohydrates and protein uh, is vital to have post post race immediately so don't worry about the sports drink that's not that important so uh what is it so get that in first you get that protein hit um, but then when you look at fluids and rehydration as well sip on things like orange juice and coke are going to hydrate you better than what a sports drink will or purely, purely just water so making right. sure we're actually incorporating that again, also carbo loading for those days in between. So mm-hmm. it's liquid calories um, and you're having something a little bit different potentially than what you're having on, on the race and out in the, out, potentially out in the run as well. Um, and, and the li- other thing is calories, having, liquid calories, just easier to get in as well, aren't they? More calories 100%. without having to chew it and, and feel full. And those mammoth 45 gram protein drinks are unreal. <laughs> like okay. that's, that's it. When I have those at the end of some people's race, they just go for it. So if you get stuck, <laughs> that could be an option for you as well. But then obviously using a powder and having that available in the back of the car um, without those getting warm. So that's, that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's another option you can have too. Yep. Good stuff. Hard cool. and fast. I like it. That's good. Hard and fast. Going, yeah. And then the next thing is, is a meal straight away as well. So trying to get that meal in as soon as possible, you won't be hungry, but I say within the hour. So you've had your decent, you know, hit there with hydration and everything else. Now it's starting to just tinker away with the meal. Walk around with it in your hand. Even though you're talking to people, you're doing that, you'll eat it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sit there and just be like, oh my God, I'm trying to get this in. Just have it close to you. The worst mm-hmm. thing you could do is put it down and not think about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So whether it's going down and sitting in the water to recover, sit there with it in your hand. <laughs> Things like that yep. are fantastic. Nice. And then what right. I try so- to do is a, sorry, carry on. Yeah. No, I was just going to say again, that's about being prepared. And that's like, have something in a bowl, simple things like in a container or in a bowl so that you're not trying to hold a big plate or something. You've got something you can actually easily walk around with, right? So that's part of that crew and that planning and that strategy going, well, I'm going to need a feed, but let's be realist about this. Give it to me in something that I can just carry on with my day and chip away at it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And number one thing is you're going to have to like it. Don't have rice because you think rice is the right thing. Like if you like lasagna, have lasagna. If you like a bacon egg pie, just make sure there's some potatoes in there. Have that yep. bacon egg pie with potato. Like don't be afraid. If there's hot chips, get into the hot chips. You know, like this is you figure out what's the best option for you is. Mm-hmm. And obviously after that again is your another meal. And if you get dessert mm-hmm. stuff in there too, um, like you said it's the school with supplying the meal, get definitely get on board with that. Like that's that can be your meal and have some of those other dessert and yummy options that you wouldn't have on the race available to eat. It's an eat-a-thon, isn't it? Uh, do the media is. team get, is that part of the media team strategy as well? It's, it's, surely. It's, it's, it's cognitive no, performance. That's right. There'll be absolutely, like, I'm out. If there's no food involved or there's no free lunch, <laughs> what's the point? I'm out. Exactly. Um, and what about those uh, longest day athletes that are carrying on on the bike ride? They don't get a chance to sort of eat lots of ice cream and things. Um, at night time there they've obviously finished their mountain run they're beaten up as a result of that and it's a good opportunity to actually get some actual proper food while they're on the bike sort of cruising to the paddle yeah and that's an interesting one i think some people kind of forget that as an opportunity and again it's strategy on the bike and how you're gonna eat well for that and 
um, yeah, your arms will probably be okay. Hopefully by that stage, you won't have too much of the T-Rex going on that you can mm-hmm. reach where you need to get to. Um, but I think it's about having a crew, having something available that's easy. And that could be like the sandwich and that could be, you know, your ham and cheese sandwich is really good or, or marmon cheese is actually a real go-to for a savory option. And that's a really good um, go-to there. Um, it's nothing that I'd sort of stress, I guess, too much about, but it is probably something that we really need to consider because I'd hope that you'd be definitely on the run eating a little bit more food based stuff as well to, mm. to fill that so up. You're not, you're not, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not completely blind. I haven't eaten anything, but, but it's kind of lunchtime. That's when people arrive. It's, it's about lunchtime. So you want to be thinking about, okay, what can I have for lunch? So some pizza, some, um, some actual food. There's a question from Mark mm. uh, coffee here in terms of what real foods would you recommend? Try boiled potatoes, white jam, white um, bread, jam sandwiches, etc. the other weekend. So, yeah. um, yeah, but they're hard I'll, to carry. I'll, so yeah. I'll break you through my list, yeah. Yeah, potato chips are pretty good. Uh, Boiled potatoes are. Baby food's really good. You can get the savory options for that as well. Um, Pretzels are awesome. Obviously, your your types of bars, you know, all those different bars, uh, Cliffs, M's, OSM, all that sort of stuff are are fantastic. Cold pizza is an absolute game changer. Um, You can even do quesadillas are are really good as well, Um, which actually just get the cheese and it'll slap them on top and you're kind of getting double... Mm -hmm double carbon away yeah, if the yeah. pizza base isn't too thick so something a bit different so look it's it's don't don't be fixated on on what you can and can't eat on a race because it's not race food yeah it contains carbohydrates like donuts crying out loud have a donut like i've yep. had people do that before it's whatever whatever works for you i'll tell you what's better than a donut is a cronut <laughs> there's one step better um that may be a bit messy uh, <laughs> in done. your pocket you just wrap it in glad wrap and then basically squeeze it out and it's not it's almost a, you, you almost might as well be having a jowl <laughs> pretty much the the, but the other thing actually i found recently that works really well is the um like your recovery powders and things like that your protein recovery like your milky drinks your chocolate milk drink if you're going to have food well that's actually something that doesn't take heaps of energy involved doesn't you don't have to chew it and you can kind of slurp a bit of that down for something that's a wee bit different especially because we're not we're going to be sitting in the boat we've got time to digest this stuff so that could be another option as well again trial it though yeah so are we talking specifically with the kayak oh we've just about jumped into that haven't we from the ride to the boat so tell us about that yeah yeah so i guess this is where i i think the biggest thing and i've actually had a client do this as well is actually lost their paddle and um uh, that's uh, that pretty much reaffirmed that we don't want to take our hands off or we want to yep. keep our mm-hmm. hands on the paddle. That's probably a really important thing. So uh, I guess it's looking at what options that you can have that are complete. And this is where I see people use uh, like hospital grade food replacements. So like things like Fortisip, Ensure, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But also you can go into things like Complan, Sussagen, which you actually get from your pharmacy in a powder form. Um, and I know a lot of people that, you think about your hydration, okay, how much fluid do I potentially need to have on my kayak? You can do your testing and figure out how much that is. Work out how much fluid you need to ingest. Then go, well, how many carbs do I need to get? And then pump that full of food and food. And you can actually create quite a good option for you um, for you in terms of those meal replacements that you again slurp away on and chip away at. Um, that actually f- fills you out without actually having to, um, to, to get, I guess, your hands off the paddle and try to eat real food because it's kind of a balance in between in between both so yeah. that, that is what and, a lot of my efforts are doing 
Yeah, and I think that's a great option. It's just a matter of setting that up so you can have a drink system that's actually available. Ideally, it's coming from your boat. Sometimes that's not always easy to do, but hey, on a camelback bladder, et cetera, or, or little soft flasks that are coming out of your um, PFD as well, all those things to have a play with. But yeah, if you can drink your food, that's obviously better. Um, the other one I've uh, had people do before is actually put a bit of duct tape around the middle of their paddle, hold their paddle in their teeth while they're unwrapping their, um, <laughs> their bar, which is quite impressive on uh, just to make sure that they don't lose their paddle, but also, hey, I just want to stay upright here and I've got all day, so I'm just going to make sure I get that food on board, unwrapping my banana, et cetera, as I'm cruising down. So so that could be another option as well. That All things and Another option you could... Yeah, exactly. Another option you can do there as well is hair ties and tie your food that is already out of the packet ready to go. So you can actually get your food into those bite-sized chunks like your bars and actually put them on the paddle, wrap them up in the hair tie because they're obviously elastic, um, pull them off and you might lose the odd one, but it's not the end of the world. It's, right, right, at least right. there is options there. And the more options you have, the more likely you are going to consume and mm -hmm. give those a crack. The other thing that we do as well is we actually put uh, gels and soft flasks or you can get actually mm. gel flasks as well, and you can mm -hmm. have those set up with straws or hot oil and highly concentrated fluid. So that's another strategy there, especially for those that are probably gunning it. Yep, that's yeah. right. That's right. I, I think, again, don't forget, just practice this. You know, mm -hmm. Don't turn up on race day going, oh, what we'll do is we'll take this to here or I'll do this to here. You should have all of this down pat by the time you get there. You should have tested how you're going to balance with your paddle and a rapid or... For those that are listening to all these podcasts as a drive to the to the coast to coast and they're listening to this one. Yeah. <laughs> <But> there's, <laughs> a, there's a shout out yeah. to you guys. Yeah. Make sure you try yeah. it sort of as you're driving there at least yep. somehow. Um, let's jump forward to the final ride. This is uh, mm. often the piece that we forget about, um, but there's definitely um i mean we deep into the race now obviously the longest day the the just want to finish at this stage it could be getting late it's possibly cold as well um we've been out there for a long time any ideas and and tips and tricks in regards to regards to that final ride have a sporgers board of opportunity uh with your crew and they can help you out with whatever you feel like at that time i've had people yep. that have had burgers and steak sandwiches and whatever else that is to get in just to get them home like it's just at that point where you want to, you know, just, just, just comfort. It's really just comfort, right. and what you don't know what you're going to know what what you mm -hmm. want. I was just going to say it's total comfort food time, right? Because it, it's quite emotional when you get to that last bike leg. There's a lot of emotions that actually won. I've made it to the final leg, yep. and somehow you think, oh, well, it's not far to go because I'm on the last bike leg. But actually, I've got <laughs> a, a I've got a reasonable way to go, and it's easy to forget how far you've actually got to go and yep. get emotionally tied up with the fact that I'm here and I don't need to fuel here and 30 Ks in all of a sudden she's a downhill slide. So mm. I agree. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a comfort food type sort of situation here. And it's exactly, as you said, a variety, have a few different options there. Cause I mean, for two day, you, it could be hot and sunny and you, you, it's hard to chew stuff as well. So having, having things that are like your baby food type options that you can easy, easily sort of shoot down as well. Um, Peter Stevens, uh, asked a question about caffeine and this is probably quite a good time to sort of talk about that what's your opinion on using caffeine in regards to racing i was literally just thinking about that this could be an opportunity if you are into energy drinks could even be your shot coming out of transition flat one in your bottle you can put coke in your bottle if you really want to um, mm -hmm. but i guess the level of caffeine so the, the research tells us that anything over 250 milligrams uh, reduces performance but they haven't really given us a time frame so if we look at about uh, caffeine have a half-life of sort of what 
oh, it's, 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 it's about half like about six hours ish or five to six hours. So it stays in your system for eight to 10. So theoretically, if you look at how long the coast is, you might need double that over the course of the race. So obviously if you're someone that likes a coffee in the morning, have your coffee in the morning. Um, and then what you might do is, is scatter caffeine hits throughout the race itself. If you are someone that does like using caffeine, mm-hmm. um, there are more gels out there as well that have uh, a compound called theanine in it, which can help mitigate the negative effects of like, the caffeine jitters, so to speak. Oh, um, okay. And that can really be useful um, moving forward, but you can use, uh, but that, those are more in your like really high caffeine. Like we're talking 200 milligrams of caffeine type, options that are mm. really big hits but we don't see that much here in new zealand yet um mm-hmm. but just the 30 30 milligram uh, or to 30 to 60 milligrams of caffeine in a hit so coffee's got sort of ballpark 90 milligrams of caffeine uh in it for a single shot so if you work that out how much can you handle give it a go again um see where you you put it in there so i often say um potentially coffee at the start might have a couple of caffeine gels uh you know, scattered throughout the race itself, but there may be a no-dose at the top of the climb at the, on the mountain mm-hmm. run. And then, of course, if you're doing the longest day, you might have one before you jump back in the kayak as well. And then you just have an energy so, drink so that's going to get you, you home. That thing you talked about, Half-Life, that was how long it takes to actually break your body to break it down and sort of it to not have an effect anymore. So you said 10 hours. Is that sort of the whole lot of it gone or is that that half of it gone? Sorry, no, half the Half-Life is five hours. So 10 hours is, is it completely pretty much out of your Use system is what it so some having, people slightly faster some people longer yeah you're having like gels that have 30 or 50 grams of milligrams of caffeine in it that's adding up in your system and adding up in your system that's why those work don't they because if you had like a massive 200 milligram hit well mm. then it's just one great big thunk and then it obviously can stir your stomach up and and give you the jitters etc so if you have those yeah. caffeine gels that actually work because it's lots of little steps of caffeine and and it's going to mm. take you through the day yeah, and that's where, you, like, just like you'd calculate your car, carb intake, you'd just take note of how much sort of caffeine intake it is over the day. So we're not either clumping it too close together or we're consuming too much over the day, but also make sure you're consuming enough as well. And does so it, again, it's that balance. Is it also depend if we're a, depends if we're a coffee drinker too? If we don't have caffeine, it's not something we normally do. Does that is that a thing these days? There's actually a really interesting study that came out, I think it was about two or three years ago, where they actually looked at this and yep. they found that those who drank coffee consistently, um, they the, the performance was the same, but those that drank coffee consistently, let's throw out my hands, um, coffee consistently would have uh, less uh, negative effects. So look, there's two groups here. We've got um, mm-hmm. the, the high coffee drinkers, their performance is there because the caffeine, they could consume more caffeine up to that 250 milligrams without the negative effects. So mm. that was actually where we think, oh, should we reduce caffeine before we go and race? It's a can be a, almost a placebo effect from based on mm-hmm. the science, and mm-hmm. um, that has changed a little bit. And I guess that's it depends on what study you look like. But as the body of evidence and what we've seen, it's a case by case. Um, but bottom mm-hmm. line is you don't have to reduce your caffeine intake the days leading into the race to get the maximum benefit for caffeine. There you go. On the Look race. at that. That's and great and what can my stomach actually handle as well? That's a big thing with caffeine. Correct. Good. Mm-hmm. I see I see Kate Russell here has also asked, um, what are the best types of sugar to look for in products to eat during the race and what, what ones should we avoid so that we don't get stomach ache? But I think, again, this is just a bit like uh, everything. It's kind of an each to their own thing, right? I know that I've been through a multitude of different brands of of gel, sports drinks, whatever. Some things have done me in terribly. 
and some things you know you've consumed and can't consume anymore anymore like you <laughs> there's no way you'd ever go back there and some things my stomach is really really good with i guess it's a, a much conrad in that in that space that a lot of the stuff is a trial by error thing yeah and I, I guess it's the, the, is, is that uh, talking about fructose and glucose and sucrose and and the type of sugars is that part of that thing that we're thinking about as well yeah i think there's probably a couple of things we could cover here the first thing is that specifically glucose fructose co-transporters all the rest of it it's science driven data um and don't get me wrong when you if you eat 90 to 120 grams of solely glucose products so would that be glucose dextrose multidextrin um you probably would have some gastro upset because uh, we can only absorb so much in our uh, gastrointestinal tract um, we can train our gut to to get more in but this is why we talk about having fructose and glucose what we call um sort of co uh what are called uh carbohydrate options i guess um but when we eat real food <laughs> table sugar is a combination of sucrose and uh, glucose and fructose so mm -hmm. it's a combination of both anyway so unless you're literally eating straight carbohydrate from supplements that are maltodextrin only you're probably going to have some gastro issues but if you're eating real food that shouldn't really be the case so i think i hope that's answered that question in terms of those so what you're options. saying is if we if we include some real food it'll soften the effect of potentially those sugars that might stir our stomach up yeah and most supplements nowadays would have a combination of both um you mm -hmm. could dive into the world of ibs um but that's not that's a clinical issue and that needs to be dealt with one-on-one -on -one, not uh googling please mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and also the uh if we talk about sort of types of sugar in terms of oh should we be using raw sugar should we be using those are like you know like your natural sugars sugar sugar at the end of the day um regardless of it's white and on the table or if it's you know comes in some sort of form of fancy name that comes out um at the end of the day it affects the body pretty much the same way yeah, nice. And there's a final question here that uh, is probably useful um, to throw out there that's just popped up. What's the effect of having too many gels during the race? Because we talk about like lots of carbohydrates. That's all really very well and good, but obviously she can stir the stomach up and that can be a bit nasty. How do we sort of get around that and how do we manage that? We, again, um, it's probably looking at food, types of gels. I think it's a combination. Um, it's about building tolerance up over time. You yep. get a lot of people that literally go oh yes sweet so i need to have 60 grams of carbs and they only eat 30 grams of carbs and suddenly it's like well wonder why you're getting crop gut so okay there's yeah. something so for the whole years for those that are that are young mm -hmm. diarrhea um and severe diarrhea or runner's gut is what they like to call yep. it and mm -hmm. um that's not fun if you're on the back of a mountain somewhere stuck or on the bike or even a kayak could be yeah not good so it's about finding where your threshold is the same as the caffeine it's actually figuring out what what is your limit but the thing is you can train your gut to handle more. It's just increasing tolerance over time and, and building that up and, and just practicing. And what we always say is train high. So what that means is if your intentional intake is going to be 80-ish grams, 90 grams on race day, train higher. Mm -hmm. Then you're actually teaching the gut how to handle it. And that's about knowing your numbers, isn't it? Knowing sort of how much you actually had today. But like, is it also fluid? Like actually make sure that you wash it down with some water so you're not just having lots and lots of sugary gels. If you, if you dilute it a little bit, it becomes more doable. Yeah, and I guess there's two things I look at is when it affects the gut is the is upper respiratory, so reflux and, and burping and belching and vomiting, and also the mm -hmm. diarrhea, which is the other end. So they're two very different mechanisms. So what you're saying there, that can help with the digestion and getting it through the stomach. 
um, because the stomach will have protein and protein and fiber will take longer to get through the stomach. Um, but then also at the other end, we need to make sure that we are well hydrated or, or I should say we're not dehydrated or that our body can actually absorb that carbohydrate out of the intestine um, as well as so it doesn't go into feed or our gut bacteria, which when they get the carbohydrate, it's she's she's a lot of gas and it's a lot of fluid coming to that um, as well as the small intestine. So that's again that deserves a whole talk itself um, and um, sort of it was what we call exercise induced gastrointestinal stress. That's right. Yes, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Not not flesh. Um, <laughs> it's probably not a great note to finish on, <laughs> really. But uh, hey, I really appreciate your time, um, comrade. You've you've uh, given me a few extra sort of tips and tricks to sort of think about, um, which is fantastic. That caffeine thing and sort of how much carbohydrate is really good to look at, and also the the calorie side of things. To to um, actually, if we focus on the carbs and food, well, then calories will happen too. So yeah, really appreciate your time. Um, if we want to have a chat to you, what do we do? Um, what's the best way of getting in touch? Uh, you can jump on my uh, website and um, www.conradgoodhue.com. That's just my name. And that's probably the easiest way. Or I'm on socials as well, just mm-hmm. literally my name. Um, there's not a lot of yep. Conrad Goodhues in the world. So uh, have a look at that. Um, I am, as well as if anyone wants some more sort of picture discussion around at the, the Coast to Coast race itself, I'm actually going to have a seminar next week. Um, so I had to drop that quickly because I know a couple of people were asking me for it just due to money constraints rather than seeing me one-on-one. Um, that's an option there. That'll be a bit more visual, probably a lot of what we talked about today as well, but we'll actually probably talk about some some strategies in terms of the race itself. Um, and I'll get some information off the back of that too. Brilliant. No, but really also go have yep, a look sorry. at the content that's online as well uh, on the Coast to Coast website. It's lots of good stuff there. Wicked. No, yeah, re- nice. yeah, that's fantastic. Educating people and helping us uh, do better and have a bigger smile as we cross the finish line. No problem. Appreciate your time. Yep, done. Well done. Thanks, thanks, Conrad. Such a big part of the race is nutrition, isn't it? It is, and it's always evolving and changing too. That's what I love about it. It's it's the most simplest subject, but it's also the most complicated subject at the same time, isn't it? Correct, correct, mm. correct. And actually, there was a couple of other questions in there. One of them was actually from Chris Wilson about rubbish. What's their suggestion to deal with rubbish? Um, rubbish, I can tell you, take with you. That's mm. a period, full stop. Do not litter, but... Be prepared for that. So if you've got a run vest or you've got something like that on, sort of designate yourself a pocket where you're going to put your rubbish. Mm-hmm. If you've got like bike shorts or something on, if you need to, stick them up the leg under the elastic piece. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of places you can put rubbish. If you see, if you've really got too much rubbish and you come across a marshal or something, ask nicely if you could leave this here and just drop probably, it off. There's probably no on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, but I like that. Like find a pocket that's a rubbish pocket. So you're not trying to take out uh, gels or food from the same pocket that you're putting your rubbish into because that's when you sort of start dropping stuff without realizing it, um, which is awesome. And I'll tell you another good tip. You want another good tip? Uh, another good tip. Grow a mustache. Does that make you? It's, uh, it's like that. <laughs> I, like, I like to think of my mustache as like uh, the cow effect, I suppose, like a salt block. So if you've once you've had one or two gels, you normally have a little bit stuck <laughs> in there and then you can then you can just kind of lick your mustache like right, a carrot okay. and a salt block Something to going down on. the road. Real easy. You don't have to get anything more out of your okay. pocket. You, you can just, lick, start you can just look away. You grow a mustache, Richard. There's a, there is today's <laughs> real hot tip. Go faster. Nice work. So Radix are on board with us today. What's the story with them? Well, Radix, of course, uh, Radix Nutrition, uh, they provide the world's most uh, nutritious food and recovery drinks. Of course, they're on board here to give away a a, uh, a, a prize pack mm-hmm. um, 
we've got, uh, you know, it's, it's a proven thing by athletes like Dougal Allen, Simone Mayer, Sam Clark. Uh, they're all on the Radix bandwagon. Um, and so what we're going to give away is to those that have uh, asked some delightful questions, uh, gone into the drawer, one kg of protein powder and recovery smoothie powder, uh, five breakfast meals, five main meals, and a stainless steel shaker bottle to go with that. Now, we will be giving away one of these packs uh at the, the, at the, well, at the end of the show, what are well, we keep watching. Keep watching uh, the CP socials and the coast socials. Uh, we'll have an announcement, a little uh, announcement on there of who the winner is after tonight's show. Yeah, that's right. Um, but also, I believe the coast to coast are actually going to give away another pack. Radix have actually uh, given two of these great prize packs uh, to be given away to mm-hmm. all you, you good people out there who are coast to coasting. And they also deliver nationwide. Uh, head to their website and uh, hunt them down. So, I mean, that would be that recovery smoothie would be a great option to have potentially in the boat that they do as well. So um, some really good options there just to get that nutrition into you as you go. So uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we had a chat to Sophie. So let's um, let's jump on board and and uh, I hope you enjoy Sophie's chat about her kayaking experience. Pretty great. Good. I look forward to watching this here now. Okay, I've got Sophie Beaumont online. Sophie, how are you getting on today? Yeah, good. How are you, Rich? Yeah, good, thanks. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, you are not in Christchurch by the looks of your background. Looks like I you're somewhere not. sort of semi-relaxing. What's going on? I'm in Sananid. Um, I'm heading up uh, to Blue Lake and Nelson Lakes National Park for this week. I'm going hut wardening with Dad for a week, good. which should be pretty fun. So we're just sitting sorting through a week's worth of necessary food and also a week's worth of treats. Good stuff. So top of the South Island, going hanging out in uh, in a dock hut, checking to make sure people are safe and uh, checking hut passes and all that sort of stuff, eh? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be cool. We get to sit there for a couple of days. I'll do a couple of big missions while we're up there. I've got my running vest yep. packed, so good. should be good. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So give us an update. Last time you were busy at school, there was lots of going on. You were away doing all sorts of trips, getting kids out and about into the outdoors. What's been happening over the last month for you? Uh, maybe a trip or two across the course even, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, school's wound down for the year. I'm a private school sellout, so I'm officially done for uh, for the summer, wow. which is pretty cool. That's cool. And um, yeah, this weekend, did a bit of time on the course, kind of hadn't planned it, but we had a really great crew. Did a paddle of the gorge on Saturday. Um, it wasn't my best. It was it was my first time in a new boat. Um, I put a hole in that new boat, so that's not great. But you know what? These things happen. Um, it's not the end of the world. And yeah. for anyone who's heading down the gorge, Rock Garden Two is something else. And okay. just be prepared for a swim. <laughs> oh really okay so that's like this whole podcast is about trying to in- increase uh um confidence and yes you can do it but actually be prepared for a swim people the wings. there's a chance you might be able to is that what you're saying you can do it just be prepared that you can do it with a swim along the way you know like i did it <laughs> i'm an absolute yeah. novice um yeah i just did it with two swims and a hole in my okay. boat Okay, so do you want to just talk us through that sort of moment uh, or or the line that you took, the moment that you thought this is not good, not good, not good? What was going on? Did you sort well, of come in, was it a bit of a convergence or was it a big wave train or a big rock in the middle? What was going on? Well, the so the, the second rock garden, I don't think that's where I got the hole, but I did take a swim there. I think it's it's a steep drop-in. I mean, it always yep. is, but it was probably the biggest wave train I've ever seen with a big hole. Like, I reckon it was about two metres deep and I fell into it <laughs> sideways um, oh. And there was just no hope. Like it was, it was all over. I kind of 
was going along the top of the wave train and then I just went down into the hole and yeah, she was all over. So, but it was all right. Was I felt good what was the thinking about going into it sideways? Was that part of the, like, let's just increase the, the, the danger factor, maybe sort of a, a few more bit of adrenaline? Was that sort of part of the plan? To be honest, I think it was straight panic, and I pretty <laughs> much stopped paddling, and I was leaning back, almost lying on the back of my boat because I was so scared looking at the waves in front of me. Okay, okay, okay. I was just that was my next question. Actually, were you paddling at the time to create that sort of sideways uh, movement? But no, not so much. And the no. the pupils were dilated, <laughs> eyes wide open. Uh oh, not good. Yeah, it was not my finest moment. But look, okay. it's fine. I needed to practice my rescue. You know, I needed to have a go at bailing out my boat, so I got practice doing that. Yeah, um, it was all good. And then I took another swim a bit further down. Just didn't really pay attention, and a I don't even really know a big boil, and then hit a wave kind of sideways again. And right. then put a hole in my boat at there's a there's a I think it's a new rapid at halfway right. hut. I'm sure okay. it wasn't there last year. Okay. And yep. um it's it's quite gnarly actually. You right. kind of there were a few different shoots to go down, and I don't think I picked the right one because I right. felt the back of my boat crunch. Okay. And um sure enough, my friend Becca yelled out at me maybe 10 minutes later, oh yeah, there's a big hole in your boat. So and you would feel it sloshing around as well, the water in your boat. I could sort of feel the water creeping up my legs but i just chose to ignore it for quite a yes. long time yes, yes, yes. Um, yep. yeah look it wasn't very pretty but that's all right we pulled over the pack job got the duct tape out okay that was my next question right so do we have to patch it up to sort of get you down yeah i wasn't the only one we actually spent about 20 minutes on the side of the river went through almost an entire roll of duct tape because we had three boats with holes in them so oh, right, okay. it was quite an experience it was quite a day out Okay, okay, okay. Right, this this is interesting. So, what what were the learnings? What what do we take away from that uh, for us as a result of doing that? Um, make sure you've got your duct tape with you. Um, <laughs> don't panic is my okay. big one because I was actually really proud of myself after I swam at that um in that second rock garden. The next big set of rapids I hit, I made sure I was leaning forward, I was paddling hard, and I got through it absolutely fine. So I think. Okay. You know, for me, the big learning is to not panic when I'm going through the scary stuff okay. because I know yep. I'm capable. And, you know, for anyone else who, like me, is a bit of a novice, you'll be fine. You just yep. have to actually go in knowing that you can do it. Um, mm -hmm. I know I always, the times I make mistakes are when either I'm scared and I let my fear get the better of me or yep. when I'm not paying attention and I do something stupid. Right. Okay. And the thing is with that river, it's always changing as well. So the river's got quite a bit of water in it at the moment, hasn't it? So it's quite pushy. And this, as you mentioned, like that rapid, I've never seen it before, but next time you go down there, it might not be there again. So who knows? It's just part of uh, having as many different river experiences as you can. So you've got as many different sort of, I guess, skills and experiences to call upon next time you go down. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going down again in two weeks time. So that'll be good to, you know, have another go. The river will have changed again. Yep. Um, as you say, good to get that different experience. And what's happening with your boat now? How do you get that fixed? What happens there? Um, well, I'm away for the week, so I've left my boat in the hands of um, my partner, Jared. He will hopefully, I don't know, <laughs> figure something out. I'm, yeah, I'm okay, kind of good. putting it out of my mind for this week. Right, right. Okay, you just referred that on to someone that hopefully looks responsible that might be able to get it sorted. Pretty much. Okay, good, good, good. Awesome. And yeah. uh, right, so that's the that's the paddling side of things. What about the biking and the running? How have they been going? Yeah, really well. I've been coming along to CP Roadies on a Wednesday night. Absolutely love that in terms of the 
field development. So you're doing the bunch riding and doing, yeah. you know, hill reps and stuff that I wouldn't usually do for myself. I've had some tire yeah. changing practice. Yes, you have. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> yep. it's been um, good learning. And then, yeah, running's going really well. I love running. Um, went over yeah. goat yesterday. It was just awesome. Had such a yeah. cool day out. Um, did my fastest time over and didn't even really feel like I was trying that hard. So that was cool. really cool. cool. It was just super fun. I love goat pass. Awesome. So good. And because this is this uh, podcast that we've got as a nutrition special, did you have any sneaky treats across goat pass this time around? Yeah, to be honest, I feel like I absolutely nailed my nutrition for the first time ever. Um, yep. I... I was drinking electrolytes throughout the day and then I was just, we were, all of us were eating every 40 minutes. Okay. So every yep. 40 minutes within the group, we'd all yell out to each other and we'd all have a gel or a bar or, you know, something. And mm -hmm. um, I kind of, I let it drop a bit um, down from Goat Pass Hut, but on the way up yep. the hill, I, yeah, I feel like I really nailed it and it mm -hmm. made such a difference. Like I just actually had that energy. Um, and even that last climb up to the hut, which I swear that used to be really hard. It kind of just felt, yep like a cruise good stuff so looked after yourself early which meant that you could go well on the downhill and uh, enjoy yeah. yourself towards the end that's awesome yeah it was awesome i had such a good day out so yeah feeling pretty stoked and i mean you know to follow up with the nutrition the uh the bowl of fries and the pint at the springfield hotel was pretty good as well <laughs> well done well done okay so uh so this podcast has been recorded at the start of december we've got christmas and new year's and things to contend with how's that yeah. shaping up you obviously got a week of hot warning which will be just good living in the bush stuff that's just amazing well done well done you on organizing that what happens after that for you um doing a bit of stuff next weekend for the group um got got some missions and the weekend after we're doing another weekend of a combined run of the uh, run of goat pass and another paddle of the gorge and then hopefully into the final ride as well oh, right, um, okay. so a kind of simulation weekend um that's 17th and 18th of december so that'll be really good to kind of you know, do some of those sections back to back. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've got a bit of family stuff on. I'm going away for New Year with friends, but we're doing the Alps to Ocean, so we'll be biking over New Year. Um, so that'll <laughs> well, be pretty cool. I love an active holiday. Yeah, good. Yeah, and then, yeah, lots of training throughout January. But, I mean, I basically, I'm really lucky at the moment. I've, um, I don't have kids, and I basically just get to chase the sun around the South Island. So yep, I will yep. be... Uh, driving around the place with a boat and a bike on the roof and basically chasing some sunshine and doing some training. Good job. Lots lots of adventures. That's exactly what we want to hear. Well, all the best. Yeah. Have a great time in the bush and uh, have heaps of fun adventures. And uh, thank you for your stories about river madness and uh, falling out. And, and uh, yeah, all the best for getting that hole fixed. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Rich. I will hopefully by the time I get home, the hole will be fixed and I won't have to think about it again. <laughs> well done. Well played, Sophie. Thanks, Eames. We'll catch up soon. Cool. See you soon. There's a hole in my kayak, dear Eliza, dear Eliza. But the good thing is that Jared's just made a note here is that I've generally fixed it. He's already got it sorted. <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, with That's... what shall I mend it, dear Eliza, dear Jared, dear Jared? Well, well whatever he's mended with, I hope it's up to standard. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Oh, God, I love hearing from Sophie. She's just so uh, bubbly and affectionate. Uh, affectious. Infectious. Infectious is the word we're looking for, isn't it? Uh, and uh, it's going to be great to see her get to that start line again and, and rock her way through, mate. Yep. We are getting near the end of our show. It's been mm -hmm. an absolute mm -hmm. fabulous mm -hmm. uh, show. Uh, Conrad uh, coming up with the goods there tonight. Yep.
so much to take away from from tonight's episode and perhaps maybe even I might just have to listen to it back again myself just to pick up those bits that that all that detail that he had going on there. You've been writing, writing lots of notes. I thought that was all your secret training notes that you're writing for I, us. Well, you know, I have been writing it. You always like to surprise me and catch me <laughs> out with a question or something. I've yeah, learned I've learned I need to take notes nowadays. Um, mate, we've got Christmas coming. Uh, we are December, of course, as we release this. Mm. How do we get through December? Uh, and the Christmas period, there's lots to lots to eat, lots to lots to be thankful for, and all those sort of things. Do we get concerned about that? Do we just let it happen? I guess the hardest thing, often, like we talk a lot about routine, don't we? But that sort of routine goes out the bit window. But most people have uh, got a bit of time off, um, and it all sort of get, it can get a bit tricky, get a bit stressful. I want to do my training. I've got this coast to coast business is actually coming around pretty soon. But I guess the first and most important point is 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 balance and also just be where you need to be. Um, build some brownie points up is not a bad thing. So so hey, have a have some time off. Um, a lot of what we get when we're training is actually just confidence that I can do it. When you have a few days off, you start getting a bit anxious, like, oh, I don't feel fit anymore. But it's not true. Like, your fitness will, it's not a thing that goes up and down super fast. It, it builds over time and, and decreases over time. So just be a bit kind to yourself. Make sure you actually have a holiday. Uh, make sure there's some flexibility and some time to do stuff. Um, and and maybe do some different stuff. Um and and have some adventures. I think the the we shouldn't talk about training. We should talk about adventures and having fun. And and the training kind of happens as secondary because my body's adapting to this. So I think along those lines. And I think the other thing is just if you are busy and you don't have time to go and do what you normally would, just quality. Just go well, feel good doing it, and and have some fun at the same time. Don't break your leg on the water ski though, will you? <laughs> oh yeah, pull your but hamstring those, off your those bone. summer activities <laughs> on the water and yeah. yeah, all of those sort of things yeah, going on. You're not 25 anymore. Hang on, 25 anymore? No, no doubting that. That's for sure. No, I agree. I think uh, the most thing is, is enjoy it, um, and the reward will come out the out the back end of that mm, as well. That's right. We want this whole the whole this whole coast to coast thing to be sustainable, to be fun, to be able to be thinking about i want to do this again so um yeah yeah i guess be aware of that and so if you can do some planning around that that makes a big difference so everybody knows the 27th i'm going to go for a big paddle day or whatever but but negotiate that and make that work to make sure it's not a surprise yeah and, and we, we mentioned before that the handbook's out the handbook's online which means of course the compulsory gear list will be available on there uh no better time it's now it's just about christmas so uh no better time to drop that Katmandu uh catalog on the table at home hopefully your partner might look through it and find those bits that you've circled that you need for your compulsory gear and santa may bring some of that stuff great <laughs> great time to check all those things off and uh, get involved with Katmandu and and tick off that compulsory gear list that's right yeah santa if all else fails, just go and sit on santa's knee and hope for the best that's right. Yeah. Uh, do I need to leave the catalogue here for you, for uh, me? For <laughs> There's always good stuff. Isn't there? There's always one little bit more uh, that you need. Absolutely. Good job. Don't forget, um, if you're watching this now and you've got, you've uh, made a little comment there, you are in the draw for this Radix Nutrition Training Pack prize. Uh, we will allow, um, if you're watching this on our Facebook page or listening to it on our Facebook page over the next couple of days until sort of Friday, mm. uh, Continue to drop a comment on there if you want, and you'll also go into the draw. And in the, over the weekend, we'll uh, do a wee a wee draw, and uh, Sandra will come up with some fancy social thing as she does, and, yep. and we'll announce Good. the winner of that. I think Kelly Stone has got four entries, and currently she's <laughs> she's all over these comments, <laughs> loving it. Good job, well done. Thanks for your, thanks for getting involved. That makes a big difference. So I guess to wrap up, what's your key takeaway? 
Angus, on your notes, you've got all these notes here. I probably think that um, yeah, we know that nutrition is one of the most important things about mm. this whole thing. And it's you get it right, you're going to have a fabulous day. I think my takeaway is that everybody's different. Don't do what somebody else is doing. Mm. And you buy a $10,000 bike or a $5,000 kayak or a, you know, a whatever you spend that money to do that, spend some money, go and see Conrad or somebody else uh, so that you can talk through how you go, what you do, how, you know, all of those things and try and tailor fit um, that nutrition thing to you, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's great. And some very good notes. You've done a great job. there. It's good. And I think it is uh, like that caffeine thing was really interesting. He talked, um, uh, even just in terms of carbohydrates and calories, that's one thing I wasn't too sure about. Uh, I didn't ask him about um, custard squares, but basically he talked about enjoying food, so making sure that they fit in there as well. So, um, yeah, just trial it, trial it, trial it, and uh, and practice it now rather than the day before. And don't forget, like you always tell me, um, sleep. Mm. Get and Christmas, good time to have that afternoon nap. You know, everybody's allowed an afternoon nap on Christmas Day after they've had their ham or or whatever the pavlova they've had or whatever. But um, you know, bad sleep habits drive bad nutrition habits, mm. right? They totally do, absolutely. So getting that's when it all falls to pieces when you're tired. So um, so look after yourself there. Absolutely. Well, mate, I think that's uh, episode three, season four of our podcast. I think we've done well. So we need to do. Some of those. Some knuckles. Uh, look, everybody, please have an absolutely fabulous Christmas. Uh, train hard, train safe, uh, train with your head. Uh, and we will be back. What have we got? One more before? One, maybe two. Well, One, depends. Right. So yep. the time, we're getting close, are we? <laughs> we're we're getting close. So, uh, of course, when we come back after Christmas and we have another one of these, we will go in depth a bit more about uh, support crews, transitions, um, all those things. So there's some cool stuff to come uh, again. Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Yep. Hopefully Santa brings you some uh, flash new gear. All right. <laughs> Stop I'm, done. <laughs> it was, but I wasn't actually prepared here, mate. So can you just talk for another yeah. bit while I try and find the end clip here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep doing <laughs> Thanks. your job. Thanks. Well done. Take care. Thanks, Dave. It's the best Kiwi event in New Zealand. This. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days. Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one, go! <laughs>